0: Hey guys, before we jump into the show, there's a couple of things I want to mention. First off, sorry for the delay, we're doing one episode every two weeks, but sometimes we slip up. Guys, we're people, I'm people, we'll have a brand new episode for you real soon. Oh, and this is a bonus episode, does it mean it's less good? No. Does it mean it's less fun? No. But it does mean Louise wasn't here to record with me as I was out of town. So instead, you get a more mellow bro time vibe with me and my actual brother. It's all good. Louise will be back on the next episode. And finally, don't forget to submit classic albums you want us to revisit and review send them to podcast at the only music or why not at only music pod on twitter right it's all good all right guys on to the show <laughs> Welcome to The Only Music Podcast, my name is Stefan. I am here in New York, which means Louise isn't with me, which is kind of a bummer, or not, let's see, instead I have a super treat for you all, I have my brother, David, hi David, hi, Uh, so today we are going to do the usual, we're going to play some recommendations, and then we're going to do two classic reviews we're gonna do red hot chili peppers and we're not gonna do Californication we are gonna do blood sugar sex magic and then we're gonna head off with 1989's the Stone Roses self-titled debut album and we're gonna start off recommendation time David as your first Podcast uh, podcast guest, what is your first recommendation?
1: My first recommendation is Colin Omori, uh, it's a song called Sour Silk. He used to play in Smith Westerns, which is one of my favorite groups. They disbanded a couple of years ago. Smith
0: Westerns, that's a UK band, right? No, it's an American band. Okay. So, Colin Omori, this is his... like. I'm guessing his debut solo album?
1: It's his second single, uh, and uh, the album will come out, I think, during the spring. I think it's great. Uh, It's very. I especially like the refrain and the bridge to the refrain. It's uh, a little bit overproduced, and the beginning of the song is a little bit too much, uh, but you get over it. Um, But yeah, I know, it's a song I really like. Let's go
0: Sour Silk.
1: I really like the the bridge and the refrain I don't know I think it's really cool.
0: I don't know the refrain there's not much of a chorus there It's kind of psychedelic psychedelica uh, sho- shoegay. we don't really care about the chorus
1: yeah, but I mean it's, it's also they used to the Smith westerns used to be really glammy okay and um lo-fi and this is this is this sounds new but it still sounds a little bit like the Smith westerns which I really like okay uh, yeah oh. I know I know you don't like it and I could bet a hundred dollars before I played the song that you would not like this it's, it's just that,
0: I mean the vocals are hidden behind the music and it's it's not very it's not a slick production it's That's not a it's slick production still it's like the bad side of lo-fi and then and it's a little bit too and a little, It's a little overproduced
1: Yeah But I don't know Give it a couple of years And in five years time Ooh. You're probably gonna say that I found this really great song Okay you know? Okay
0: I've got a major treat Treat for everyone uh, Both for David And for the podcast listeners So I've been listening to this song For As a secret As You know Haven't I couldn't it was really difficult to tell anyone that I was listening to this. But the new All Saints single? No. Oh, that's fine. This is this is on a whole nother level. Remember when uh, Take That split up back in the nineties, right? And then Robbie Williams went on a solo career, and it took a while before his solo career uh, really took off, right? Yeah, actually,
1: I mean, he he left the group, or he was—I think it was kicked because of drugs. Okay. Yeah. And, and then he became fat, Robbie. Then, Williams. Be, then become the the fat dancer and take that before.
0: <laughs> I mean, so this is a similar case because Robbie Williams actually made a few really good singles. Angels was overplayed on the radio, but what was the good two singles? The ballad, which you bought on single.
1: Yeah, that was. But that was a, that was a cover of a World Party song.
0: Oh, was the um, Guy
1: Chambers, who is his co-writer. He used to be in World Party.
0: Do you remember the single where the video is? She's the one. She's the one. Is that a cover? We
2: were one. Yeah, it's a cover.
0: This is a similar case. Another boy band, another guy coming from the boy band and making his first debut album. This is Sane. <laughs> From one direction. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Do you know Zane? Is the guy who's the like guy tattooed def- everywhere? Yeah, and did the, the, the face tattoo that was on the Instagram this morning? Is what? he's he's the guy yeah, who did the face yeah. tattoo? Yeah,
1: yeah it's the face tattoo. I okay. hope it's not a real tattoo. Okay,
0: never mind. This single, this is his second single. Everyone who has listened to the radio has already heard this. I think this is this is really good. There we go. It's called it's
3: for talking to me She down, she down, she down not give a fuck
2: Do you
0: hear you chorus? you pulls... you you that off. That's impressive. And I was sure that it was probably someone in the studio helping me out. I watched him live on, I think it was Fallon or something like that. He pulls that chorus off live. Isn't that impressive?
1: Who has written the song?
0: Yeah, maybe, probably like 30 people. Doesn't matter. Isn't that chorus impressive? Like a little angel on his tongue. No, but <laughs> <laughs> seriously, isn't isn't the chorus impressive? Yeah, yeah. It's I don't Brian know, it's Wilson. It's kind of, it's, 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 it's no, Bri- it's
1: not Brian Wilson. It's not Brian. Wilson.
0: It's, uh, it, it's it, so
1: much. It's so much reverb.
0: No, there's not a lot of reverb, and he pulls it off live. He pulls it off. It completely. Does, right? Yeah, he actually does, and you you can hear. The bar changes, that's that's impressive. That's difficult to pull off. Right?
2: Nothing? Yeah, yeah, probably. What?
1: Yeah. No? Nothing? Okay. Yeah, I think it's too slow. Not not much. Too prophecy. slow?
0: Yeah, it's a bit R and B. He's R and B guy, but yeah.
2: nothing? yeah nothing? It's, it's
1: a sexy song. Oh, okay. The ladies.
0: Alright, second second
1: single, please. My uh, second single is called Dark Child by an artist called Marlon Williams. He is from New Zealand and uh, this is his debut album, I think. I have never heard about the album before. never heard of this before? I uh, heard the song on... uh, I think it was KCRW, uh, Morning Becomes Eclectic.
0: Okay, and this is like new 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 stuff?
1: Yeah, the problem with... I mean, I've only listened to the songs a couple times and always when you listen to Morning Becomes Eclectic, Everything sounds good, but then you throw it on the playlist and you realize it's shit.
0: We should explain KCRW Morning Becomes Eclectic is a radio station.
1: It's an NPR show uh, that is uh, in. I think they are in San. They are in Santa Monica on the West Coast. They're huge. They're huge.
0: Okay okay uh marlon williams anything else you want to say i should expect as always indie music from my brother yeah but...
1: this is this is kind of slow as well uh, slow as well
0: yeah Good. sane slow it's it melts your heart the, i mean it's, yeah does, does he hit, hit his i think it uh, melts the, the notes, notes okay all right Hits the notes dark
3: child my only dear long wasteful son one day
0: off really good
1: it's a little bit more Orbison I think
0: he has a really good uh, good uh, voice very unique okay I again I would say that it kind of lacks a chorus
1: it lacks a chorus but it's also it grows on you a little bit
0: if Marlon Williams and maybe Sane combined their efforts so Sane gave him some tips on a really good solid (laughs) chorus and then Marlon Williams could give him some, you know, the rest of the talent and, you know, being a musician and so on and so forth.
1: But you always need a refrain, do you?
0: No, I don't need to always refrain, but it's so it's it starts off really, really good. And then you're waiting, you're expecting something and then nothing really happens. And then at like the two minute, 30 second uh, Mark, he builds that crescendo thing. Yeah, yeah. it's good, yeah, but no, it's I, still not like it's it's not clever. It's not clever, but
1: I really like uh, the slide guitar. It's good, as, uh, but I'm
0: hoping for I I hope there's an album yeah, behind this. I think, I, I, as I all, think that right? there's an album behind it, yeah. Since uh, I knew putting on my brother on the show, there's going to be a lot of indie music. surely included a group which we've considered. To review as one of the classic albums, and that is The Prodigy. Uh, the Prodigy, Fat of the Land. Wow. Would be one of the album, classic albums, right? Should be, right? Yeah, That's sure. Yeah, I,
1: I, I would say um, um, Always, always outnumbered. outnumbered. Yeah, but Never no one... Outgunned. It, it's, it's the album that no one liked, but I really like that album. I think it's, it's clever and it's I, 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 aggressive, I know, and it's a great running record.
0: We are one of the few who actually like that album, but a lot of people were disappointed. But Fat of the Land is considered, I would say, one of the classic albums. So I was listening to that and I was going through Prodigy's career after that, which is kind of a mess, except uh, always an outnumbered album. And especially the new one was kind of a letdown. But the second single, I don't know if you remember this, The second single from the new album uh, was called The Day Is My Enemy. Remember that song? Let me just play a snippet from that track. Remember remember the single? The single? Yeah, I do. Yeah. yeah. This because this is very like outnumbered type of single. Yeah, it is. And the rest of the album was kind of a mi- again a mixture of project going back to the nineties, the first album, and then uh, kind of new new stuff, which is always like brick walled uh production, which is too noisy and too bland. But
1: first this has, this has the same feel, like it it sounds like I don't know it's like a train starting in your your headphones basically. Yes. It's like the just massive sound.
0: Yes, yes. So for some reason uh, they out, uh, actually released an expanded edition of the album. Figured who wants that. But uh looking for uh, great singles to run to or working out to. Uh, I found this remix from Chris Avantgard. This there's a, just a section of this remix which I really really like. It's a piano melody uh, which he has combined, mashed that with the day is my enemy chorus. It's a very very short thing. Wanted to cho- showcase it to uh, the listeners. I love this snippet.
1: That's so cool. Right? That's really good. I really like the piano. Yeah. It's, uh, uh, it's very, it, it, you, you don't expect that from, uh, from Prodigy at all. No. It's very, I don't know, housey. And, yes. I know, you yes. Ex- yeah.
0: And it's, I mean, it's a remix. So, I mean, it, again, Prodigy can be interesting if they put on some, some, some good outside work. Just wanted to quickly showcase that. I know you have a third track.
1: I do. Uh, I'm actually going to change it.
0: You actually <laughs> okay? Yeah, uh, because
1: I I, can't, I feel I can't play another indie song.
0: And uh, depends on it's. I mean, is it good? Is yeah, it good? Yeah, it is.
1: Uh, let me just
0: check. What do you want to play instead? <laughs> I want to play
1: a song from the new Police album. Okay. Uh,
0: I've been seeing so uh, we've been record shopping here in Brooklyn. I've spotted Polícia everywhere uh, in the record store. So. Which is surprising because I had never thought that they were actually uh, a major act, but they are. They're Kind a, of. Yeah, they're kind of a major, major act, I think. Like in a rough trade yeah. type sense, right? Yeah. The other, and the album cover is beautiful.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I've tried to put that, we have, I mean, we have some playlist that goes around between us and I've tried to put Police on. A uh, number of times, a, a number of times, but it, you never seem to pick it up. I first found Polisa when I listened to a podcast called Song Exploder.
0: Song yeah, yeah, super and, popular. Uh, and
1: uh, I think that they play Smug, Smug, yeah, on there, and they they told how it was made, et cetera, et cetera. And they, I mean, they, they love to put a vocoder on her vocals, and I mm-hmm. think that that's just terrible because mm-hmm. she's got a really good voice. uh, But uh,
0: please, uh, the single something, play me something. uh, Which track should I play from uh, the album called United Crushers? Uh, Lime Habit. Lime Habit,
2: okay.
0: You said a member from the group. Yeah. Let's okay. See what his name is. So it's very like analog. It sounds like a guy who has spent a lot of time in the studio. Yeah. No. Ryan. With Ryan Olson is his name. Uh, old vintage analog sin- synthesizers and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. good. Yeah. But not to sound like a broken record, it has no chorus. I think it has a chorus. I think it has a pretty strong chorus. You mean that stick that 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 melody that analog synth? No, no, it's not a chorus.
1: There's there's a chorus there, and the video is really good too. Okay,
0: yeah. Uh, Again, uh, and they're from. They
1: are from Minneapolis,
0: Minneapolis, Minnesota. All right, uh, I think we should move on. Man, we're doing this quick, very quickly. I think it's because we don't have Louise. Louise is talking about her female problems, and I can play another song. You could, yeah, yeah.
1: sure. So this week, or was it last week, that a an artist called Anchoris she released her her album. Okay. I think she was known as Catherine Ad before, mm-hmm. and uh, she's very talented, multi instrumentalist. Okay. Um, she worked with, I know for this album, she worked first with one of my producers, one of my favorite producers, Bernard Butler, <laughs> of course, uh, the former guitar player in suede on the first two albums. Extremely talented.
0: And also made, produced, uh, what's her name, uh, who were a really big hit. Yeah, the like one a, was
1: before Adele. Yeah,
0: uh, like a precursor to to Adele. Yeah. What was her name? Remember her name?
1: He also produced Nina
0: Cherry. Oh, and yeah and also Good. produced
1: Amy Mann, uh, Heather Nova South, even though that was a terrible album. he also produced I mean the Libertines first two singles, but it, it, I mean according to him they were i mean they're known for being very, very hard to work with
0: well what, what, what was the again, what was the artist he produced veals
1: he also the
0: Cribs. Uh, but I'm thinking of the precursor to Duffy. Duffy, Duffy. 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 Yeah. That's, did Duffy any did she break in the US? Yes she well? did. Yeah, oh. she
1: was big in the US. What
0: was the hit single called? Do you have that? There?
1: Uh Rock Fairy.
0: Rock, yeah, that's true.
1: Wow. Yeah. What happened to her? She released another album that the whole album was about how she struggled with fame and how terrible that was for her. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and, yeah, it didn't work out. Interesting. And topic. also she dumped, she dumped Brenda Butler as a producer. Okay. Uh, which I think it was a mistake. Yeah, yeah, that was not good.
0: Other song you want to play, you've got to put that yes. on. Yes, so this, the... this
1: album uh, is called Confessions of a Romance Novelist, and it's produced by Paul Draper. Again, going back to the 90s, he was the mastermind behind the group called Manson and uh this one because i this is probably what louis would know about but it's uh it took a while for this album to happen they released this song the first single 2 years ago okay and uh but well,
0: the album's released 2016 as a year yes the so album is called so the artist is called the Anchores yeah. and the album is called Confessions of a Romance Novelist, okay? Uh,
1: yeah, I mean, I still think that the first single, which I think we should play, which, okay. is, which is called What Goes Around, is yeah. still a really good song. Yeah, but the album, I gotta say, the album is not that good. Not that good, It's okay. a real disappointment.
0: Uh, what Goes Around? Yes, that's what I'm talking about. These are like three choruses in one song.
1: Yeah, and you can hear that it's so much Manson. If you like Manson, this is this is a good.
0: No one, no one knows what Manson is. They should. They should. They all should they? Yes. I mean, one of. If you if
1: you like '90s music, it's it's you know it's not as glammy as coming up, like Suede released their coming up album, and it's not as whiny as. Radiohead.
0: We should explain. Manson is a UK band, Brit pop act. One of many uh, had their big album around 95, 96, something like that. I think we should move on. Uh, I want to talk about the two classic albums, and I think we're going to start off with Red Hot Chili Peppers, Blood Sugar, Sex, Magic. First of all, I want to explain that I chose this album for you and I chose this album because growing up, you had this on CD and I remember that we were both like, this is a 10 out of 10 album. I remember it was so much better than uh, Mother's Milk, Mother's Milk had that one really good single, uh, Higher Ground and the, what is it, four albums before Mother's Milk? They released I don't know, or something like that? The, yeah, there's so many, so many um, really, really bad albums. Terrible right. albums. Uh, and I remember this album as really good, uh, but I do have a sense, uh, like a wary sense that it, it's going to be difficult to hold up because it has, what is it, 16 tracks? We'll get to that. So, David, Blood, Sugar, Sex, Magic in 2016. Does it still hold up
1: i think that this 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 album is one of the albums that i've listened to so much that it's really hard to not think about what you were doing during that time in my life i mean i was i was a teenager and uh when you had cds at that time point in my in in that time point in my life i used to listen to the c to those cds like over and over and over and over so in a way that some shitty tracks they become kind of good mm-hmm. after a while for some reason and those tracks are not good when i was listening to it today
2: okay
1: the production is still phenomenal i think it's so good and uh, and but some of the tracks are just terrible the power quality it's okay
0: power still, of quality that's the what's that it's first it's the first track first track on the album yeah.
1: Then, but then, then, it, then, it, then he it jumps into "If You Have to Ask," and it's this funky, super white funk.
0: How uh, does that like funk still hold up? Does that feel like oh, it's a bit too much funk? It's no,
1: I mean every. I mean, it's like I used to listen to, as you know, I used to listen to like Macy Parker and P Funk and all that shit. Yeah, and that's not good anymore. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I gotta say that it, it's, it's no, it's it's not good. It's not good at all. And it's yeah. It's just terrible parts of it. Uh, but then they got some songs on the album that's still really good. I mean, Breaking the Girl is still really, really good. We got the next track, which is uh, Funky Monks, mm-hmm. terrible track. Uh, Suck My Kiss, phenomenal track still. <laughs> still yeah, I gotta good. say, Suck it's, my it's kiss. phenomenal. Yeah, because it, it's the riffs and John Frusciante. He is a really, really good guitarist. I mean, he's one of the best guitarists that and ever lived.
0: Yeah, people, I mean, the, the constant conversation about Red Hot Chili Peppers not being anything without him. I don't know if that's true or that not. That is true.
1: That is absolutely true.
0: I think, I can't remember if he's on By The Way or not, but I think By No, he is, he is on, on the, the By The, the, the Way. Way. Yeah, okay. No. Things went south when he jumped ship and they released Stadium Arcadium and uh, I'm With You. That's. that's yeah,
1: but I mean, still, he still wrote those albums. Uh, It's only the most recent album that he didn't write, Okay, and that's a terrible album.
0: We want to showcase just one track from the album, uh, just to let people remember what Blood Sugar Sex Magic was. Uh, What do you want to play?
1: I mean, if people want to, there are a couple of tracks that are classic tracks, really classic tracks, such as Give It Away, Obviously, uh, Under the Bridge and uh, the title track is also really really good.
0: Uh, So should we go for the title track just to uh, introduce people?
1: Um, To introduce people to the album I would say that give it away. It still holds up and what's good with the production if you listen to it and you listen to the later albums is that there are not that many overdubs of Anthony Keady's voice and also recommendation never read the book uh, Scar Tissue uh, which is his biography. Why? Because he's a complete asshole. <laughs> yeah. Because if you ever because you, you when you listen to the album you can't help but thinking about how he thinks about himself. Mm-hmm. He's so self absorbed and I don't know. Even though I mean it's like he and um Flea, they were the ones who started the band. Mm-hmm. And he has zero respect for Flea. But uh, anyway, it doesn't matter. Back to the music, I must say that give it away. It's it's
0: Still holds up.
1: Still holds up. And I still remember when I listened to the track, when I saw them live in Stockholm, 1995. 1995? Yeah.
0: What's that? Uh, after? Yeah,
1: so there was an album when uh, he left the group, John Frigianti, and. Um, You're thinking
0: name? about One Half Minute. One Half Minute, yeah. That's yeah. not a good album. Okay. I
1: think a couple of good tracks. But anyway, uh, I would say that, yeah, it starts off with this. I mean, it's one of those songs you can hear maybe two seconds, one second from the beginning, the intro of the song, and you will hear that this is giveaway.
0: Let's go. It's so tacky, it's so cliche, but it is sounds like a band who's actually genuinely having fun while recording the album,
1: yeah. And are obviously on loads of drugs,
0: loads of drugs. Yeah. There's a load of drugs going on when they recorded this album,
1: yes. If you haven't watched the documentary about when they made the album, um, tell funky, us about funky, funky Monks,
0: Funky Monks, yeah, okay.
1: They were uh, Rick Rubin hired, uh. mansion I think like a really big house Mm -hmm. apparently was uh, haunted by ghosts (laughs) and I think that those ghosts became more apparent uh, because (laughs) Flea and then then John they were smoking copious amounts of pot all the time yeah Uh, and they also recorded other albums together with other musicians while they were in
0: the house okay uh,
1: that were never released but anyway it's uh,
0: it doesn't sound like an album Like a pot smoking album Because they've managed to I mean there's again 17 tracks on this album
1: Yeah but it's not only pot I think there's Cocaine and heroin On it as well Uh,
0: We haven't actually uh, Underlined the fact that It is Rick Rubin's Rick Rubin has produced this album Yes Was he famous before Blood Sugar Sex Magic Or was Rick Rubin Was Blood Sugar Sex Magic His like
1: I think it's was the the album, the album that I know that according to the story recruitment tried to I mean he was also the producer on the on, on Mother's Milk.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Oh,
0: okay. I yeah. didn't know that.
1: But he wanted to produce them earlier, but he came and visited them and started to talk to them and he realized that they were so they were so messed up on drugs that he he realized they couldn't focus. Basically the same story as when Bernard Butler tried to produce The Libertines. Oh, okay. Uh, so I think that they cleaned up their act somewhat, and then he and then he uh, produced Mother's Milk and then this record. But this is, I mean, after this, he, Rick Rubin's career also took off. And I think that, yeah, I know, he got to produce and Jay-Z later on and uh, Tom Petty and uh, Limp Bizkit, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera.
0: <clears throat> Limp Bizkit, yeah. Back to the album. Again, the big question is, 17 tracks out of 17 tracks... Do you think that it still manages to pull out off the like, again stemming back to we're talking about it. This is a 10 out of 10 album.
1: It's definitely not a 10 out of 10 album. I okay. mean, I gotta say that if you listen to the hits, I mean, there are few albums that I know that has so many hits on it, that has so many solid tracks on one single album, but there's so much shit on it as well. But that's Metal always slinking B major. Naked in the Rain, terrible track. Apache, Rose, Peacock, terrible track.
0: Would you recommend the album in two thousand sixteen? Is it still a classic album? It's a
1: piece of documentary of the ni- early nineties, and I would definitely recommend it's a it's a piece of history, music history. Yeah.
0: I want to play. I actually want to play because I remember, and I think this is from my re- recollection. The best track is uh, Breaking Girl. While the, play, the track was playing, uh, you were mentioning that he, he really doesn't, Anthony really doesn't hit the note right.
1: I mean, he, he hits the note, like, from under, and then he can't really hold the tone. But that's also part, I mean, people are probably going to kill me for saying this, but it's it's also a part of Red Ochelo Peppers. It's it's because you're going to talk about Stone Roses, and it, it's the similarity between the Stone Roses and Red Ochelo Peppers, I mean, Anthony Kiedis is is better, is definitely better singer than <laughs> Ian Brown. But it's the same thing that he... Red Redditchildpapers has really, really fantastic musicians. I mean, Flea is a phenomenal bass player. You can hear all the time, all of the songs is that they have they have a very, very tight uh, bass line and it's rolling and it's following the guitar. And the guitar is so loose, very much like open chords. And it's, I mean, this track, for example, it's it's Zeppelin, a little bit Zeppelin, but it's still their own touch. And I must say that Anthony Kiedis' voice that he does not hit and doesn't sing very good is adding a bit of personality to the record.
0: Because I remember that Californication was the first album they used Auto-Tune to fix Anikiti's voice, and a lot of fans complain that they didn't keep his natural shitness together.:
1: Yes, yeah, also more overlays mm-hmm. in his vocals, and here it's usually there are only few times that actually have overlays on his on his voice.
0: So again, to finalize to summarize, Reddit Chili Peppers, this is their best album, or right? Yeah, I think so. I mean.
1: I really like "Scar Tissue" the song, and there are bits and pieces on the other, but yeah, as, as a whole, this is the best. Okay, I I mean personally, I think this is the best album i have
0: made. We're moving on. We're going to uh, the UK. Uh, we're going back to the 1989. Uh, David, you chose Stone Roses. Yeah. Why?
1: Uh, I was introduced to Stone Roses when they had, when Second Coming came out, and usually, uh, I mean, I I started to listen to Oasis because. Sorry, I started listening to Stonewrest because of Oasis. Okay. And I started listening to the second album. And then I tried to listen to the first album and everyone was talking about the first album. And I didn't like it at all when I heard it Mm -hmm. first. But then I listened to it more and more. And to me, it's a really good album. But I don't know if it holds up because I haven't listened to it.
0: The same as you, I listened to the second album. uh, But it's simply because the reason... Remember that uh, because we couldn't afford CDs, a lot of CDs... Uh, back in the day, the Swedish library lent out CDs for free, yeah. but when you went to the library the problem was that everyone had al- obviously rented the good albums and you had to like sign up for a queue to get the good, al- good albums, remember that? Yeah. Uh, which was like two or three months away and you n- never did that. So what you basically ended up with were the shitty albums no one really wanted to rent. And among those albums were uh, Stone Rose's Second Coming. And I remember uh, renting that, getting home, popping into the CD. uh, Was very surprised when I first initially discovered that the album was 99 tracks. And
1: also the introduction is like two minute, three minute uh, jam sort of psychedelic thing on the first track.
0: And I, I, I can't remember how old I was. I, I guess I was 15 or 16, maybe 14 or something like that. I had no clue that, yeah, if you're doing an album with 99 tracks, then you're pretty high on drugs. But, um, so I never picked up on Stone Roses. Uh, while I also was into the Britpop era, I didn't really like the Stone Roses. It was too uh, low-fi, old-school production. Never went back to it. I did, however, listen to a lot of uh, Ian Brown's solo albums, which are a mixed bag, I would say. Yes, so I did, uh, went back to the album, uh, listened to it. Uh, I think the first thing that hits uh, me uh, was how incredibly good musicians are. I looked up and Manny, uh, the bass player, John Squire, the guitarist, they are like 26 when they recorded this album, so they aren't like, they aren't 19. Or 18 when they recorded this. It. These are people who has have actually worked as musician and have phenomenal skills. And it's very commercially produced. When comparing back to other albums uh, released under that era, it doesn't have that like uh, early 90s lo-fi quality to it. It's very commercial. It's very slick. It's very uh, professionally made. And, and I think one of the most interesting part of is of it is how they mix. Uh, the Psychedelica, the dance grooves and the pop melodies and of course Iron Brown's uh, super hippie lyrics. I think I want to start off with surprisingly the final track on the album, uh, Fool's Gold.
2: One, two, three.
0: The problem with the album is that they are so professional, they're so such good musicians.
1: But it's also, I got it because you didn't mention it, I mean, it's, they were part of the, I mean, the, the baggy, Manchester era. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is, I, to me, this is the only, like, real dance track that they made. This was part of the Hacienda.
0: Oh, I don't, I don't agree with that. I think there's a lot of dancey, okay. groovy tracks on the album, which are kind of, uh, Oh yeah, like disco. I
1: mean, I mean, how do you, how do you dance that? I want to be doored. I want to know.
0: Yeah, that's yeah, that's difficult. But it's I mean, with a lot of pot, it works. I think it works. But again, the problem with the album is uh, Iron Browns' vocals, right? A lot of time it's hidden, way way in the back behind yeah. a, a lot of reverb, right? And the problem isn't like if we're comparing to Anthony Kiedis, Anthony Kiedis has to hit a couple of uh, notes, right? I am Brown has managed to mumble. Yeah, he's mumbling and he keeps like one tone, one chord, one bar throughout the album, almost. But what's, uh, yeah, I think it, there's a sl- slow song on the album called uh, "Bye Bye Bad Man." It, yeah, it's not not the best track. Not the best track, and it really showcases because it is a ballad, and I am Brown is terrible on the album uh, on that, especially on that track because it clashes like a. Major clash again with talented musicians, and then this pot smoking Manchester whatever guy. Uh, it, that's really difficult.
1: I mean, but that's the whole that's the whole thing about the album. Is I know, I know. It's
0: the it's like a the, like, solid
1: musicians. Everything is solid apart from Ian Brown's voice, which is like rice paper thin. Yes, it's so fragile because it, he cannot sing.
0: And I know that's the that's the part of the album and it's part of its charm, maybe. Mm-hmm. But those are the tracks that doesn't really necessarily holds up. Uh, I think there's another slow song called "Shoot You Down." I think it works better for some reason. You can almost hear that they're pulling off every goddamn studio tool they have back in 1989 to make Ian Brown's vocals work with that song, uh, because it's a, it's a track which kind of demands a bit uh, from Brown, but I think the first the first section of the album is very solid, including, what is it? I think there's six singles from this album. The yeah. uh, first part of the album is really good with, uh, I mean, the uh, I Wanna Be Adored, She Bangs the Drums, Waterfall, which I think it's my, is my favorite track from the album, uh, especially now in 2016, still holds up. Uh, that really uh, works really well. The second part of the album becomes what I know as Shoegaze right now. Shoegaze? Yeah, I think it's shoegazy mixed with psychedelica. No, it's not shoegaze. Shoegaze
1: and massive amounts of distortion pedals.
0: To me, it's. No,
1: no, 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 no. No, no, not not at all. Shoegaze, I mean, it's like, compare this to My Body Valentine or Ride.
0: I'm talking about, what I'm getting to, I think, is like they let themselves, uh, John Squire, the guitarist, let himself play a lot of guitar solos, for instance we've got a lot of guitar solos on the second part i'm not a big fan of guitar solos i think they work phenomenal on this album but still it's like a two minute jingle jangle uh fish type uh, situation going on 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 several tracks uh it's not unbearable but it's uh, doesn't really really work for me uh, and then it closes again, it closes with Fool's Gold, which, again, I have no idea how that track managed to, what is it, seven minutes long? No, it's, oh, it's 10 minutes long. And it works really, really well. In summary, I would say it is. I, I, I com- when I listen to the album, I completely understand why it's a classic album. It's amazing that it is from 1989. That's incredible. It sounds really good. I listened to the remaster. I actually read up on uh, uh, the album and the remaster from a hi-fi perspective. It's regarded as one of the best like uh, remastered albums, uh, but it sounds really, really fresh. And while uh, the second part of the album isn't as good as the first one, uh, I still say, it holds up. I have no idea why would you why you would see them live uh, because without drugs or without smoking smoking pot because man, there's like you say they're very slow songs. Even if if they have like that groovy type disco thing, it's still very very slow. Uh, I do want to want end up. I really want to play for those who haven't uh, listened to the, this album as much as I have now. Uh, I wanna play
2: waterfall. Really good track.
0: Also I want to add uh when I read about the album, uh my research extending to Wikipedia, <laughs> but uh they got mixed reviews for the for the album when it came out. And which are now now a sorely failed publication, were the ones who actually hailed the album to be one of the best albums of that year of and of that era, which is very interesting. Okay, uh I think we're gonna close it there. Uh Next time we're I'm back in Sweden. Hopefully, uh, I will be back with Louise. Uh, but uh, hopefully, we will get back to hot garbage.
1: Can I just say that Jake Bug stinks?
0: Yeah, Jake Bug stinks. Uh, that's no problem. I think no one, no one disputes that. I do want to close with. Um, we want to get your recommendations for classic albums. David, do you think we should Louise and I should do? A, what kind of classic albums do you want to see? I know that you mentioned Pearl Jam 10, for instance. I want to do
1: an album that I don't know if it's a classic album. But I think that going back to 90s albums, it's. I know. I want to try to step out from that. So you have to choose either you go for George Harrison, All Things Must Pass, or you go for uh, Libertines. The first album. Ugh, okay, then you have Franz Ferdinand's debut album.
0: Franz Ferdinand, maybe, maybe. But we want your recommendations. You can hit us up on Twitter. It's Only Music Pod. Uh, you can always email us. It's Only Music. No, oh, Jesus, I always get this wrong. Uh, it's podcast at the Only Music Podcast. Yes, and I want to also add a big, big uh, thanks to Brent. From actually New York, uh, who has sent me and Louise wonderful pictures, paintings of the artists we've we've spoken about, and uh, actually uh, um, and a very impressive painting of us both. We're very thankful for that. Be very uh, glad when you people send us tracks and and new music and stuff like that. So keep that up. We're very very happy for that. Uh, until next time. I